0: Was he locked in the bathroom or like behind the gate?
1: No, no, no. He literally could not. Am I supposed to open get this? out of the bathroom? Is this, yeah, if you want to, yeah. If you'd like to drink it,
0: you're gonna have to. open it. We wish we Oops. could have.
2: I just splashed. It's, on okay. The, uh, it's okay. That's what the screen's for. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to drink all this. We wish. You're gonna this chug fine, it. This fine right uh, now frosty beverage. No, <laughs> I'll just take a sip right now.
1: Cheers. We wish, oh, cheers. By the way, cheers. To um.
0: Ah, to the diaconate. Yeah, we we wish pray. we could have beer, but uh, we have LaCroix. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Being Church podcast, everyone. I'm Tom. I'm Will. And today we have with us a special guest. Hey, I'm Peter Barger. That's Peter Barger right there. Hi, Peter Barger.
2: Peter is a, uh, I don't know how you say it, candidate for the diaconate. I am a candidate for the diaconate. He's been installed in the diocese of Austin.
1: Oh, yes, it's true. Yeah. Peter will be ordained, uh, God willing, uh, about a month and a half. Earlier than I to the diacnet, so
2: yeah, March thirtieth, twenty nineteen, and it's like five years, right? you so you will have. They been, say five, it's really six. If oh, you okay. if you count the year of inquiry,
1: six years.
2: They they you're invited to apply uh-huh. uh, in that year of inquiry. Uh, you you fill out the application. They want your uh, firstborn and and so forth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and then. And then, uh, they ask you to attend, uh, the basic Catholic teachings, um, course that we are doing. Yeah, we're doing here. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that, but when I went through, we had to do it. We were, we, we beta tested it. Um, Yeah. It was, it was much different back then.
1: Did you guys have to do like a really long psych exam? Uh,
2: we, we did a few. I mean, some of us did more than others. Who? <laughs> Tell us who. No, no, no we don't, <laughs> don't want to I'm kidding. No, uh, yes, you did have to do um, a personality test and then yeah. uh, some psychological exams um, because they do want to know How you are mentally, physically, spiritually. Sure. Sure. Um, And, and yeah, we even had to have a, a a doctor, a medical doctor, um, send a note to the diocese, letting him know that we are physically, somewhat physically fit. Um, none of us are marathoners that I know of. Well, maybe one. We're solid guys,
0: just not, we're
2: not out there running marathons every weekend.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's important that you're physically ready to bear the,
1: absolutely
0: the weight of ministry i was talking to some people at a bar a couple of days ago is this a joke no this is okay. a, real story. Right. <laughs> it's a real story um so i was talking to them at a bar and they were like what do you do what do you do and we were chat- talk- chatting about jobs and i was like oh i work at a church and they're like oh and i looked at them and i went it's very stressful sometimes and they went oh do you do a lot of work and i was like yes i do a lot of work i don't think a lot of people know how much work it takes to like Make things happen at a parish, you know, whether you're a deacon or a seminarian or a director of adult formation, Um, we put a lot of work in here and it's important to be mentally and physically like sound, you know, and ready for the
2: job. More importantly, I would say spiritually, because I think that's where you get your strength from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you do a lot of the physical, but if you're not. Um, if you don't have a good spiritual base and you're not continuing to grow in that spiritual um, discipline, then um, then all your efforts are likely going to not lead to a lot of fruitfulness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those you're two just are just going to so... be tired.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're just going to be tired. Exactly. That's, that's what I find in my own life. It, like, it's like hitting mm-hmm. up against a wall when you, start to, when you uh, succumb to the temptation of... Oh, I'm going to just keep doing these things and I'm not going to pray right now. I got to right. do all these things. It's like hitting a wall. So, exactly.
0: In the days that I well, for me, the days that I do pray and like spend good time consecrating this work to God, yeah. Those days are even if something goes wrong, those days are always better. Yeah. they just always are.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting. It's interesting how your perspective changes cuz mm-hmm. often for me, it's not that uh anything externally is changing. It's all about like, do I trust God? Yeah. Do I, am I like, what is my attitude when I'm going into something?
0: Yeah. You know, for sure.
1: Um, the reason I asked about that question was uh, I, I just wanted to know if you guys had to do the same thing we did. I spent like six or seven hours in a psychologist's office one day wow. before I went to seminary. Yeah.
0: Oh. It's like. Was that one of the longest? It, it was a 500.
1: It was, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. It was a 500 question test. Yes. Followed by another 140-question test. Wow. Followed by another test that was like an IQ test. Followed by like him telling you, wait for about 30 minutes while I compile things. And then an interview with him. And then you were done.
2: It was... Holy smokes. Yeah, man. so we, we didn't do it all at once like you did. The million... Million questions. A million man. questions. But it's, uh,
1: have you thought about fire today? Have you thought about fire yesterday? asked you the, did wow. you think about uh, fire as a child? Like, uh, it is, it's like the same. It, it's an interesting test. And after I took it, I like started researching it. It's basically like the same mm, 30 questions asked in, different asked in different ways. About 15, 20 times. About, yeah. Cause they're trying to find. To
2: really see if
0: you no, thought about fire.
1: No, what they're, what they want to know is if you're lying. Yeah, sure, that's absolutely. what they really—they they want to know consistent. if you. Oh, like
2: and it. if you can't remember,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um it's quite an interesting. But you—it's the experience. same. It's the same. test Yeah, I think it's called the M N N T, the Minis M P N T. Okay, your your memory—you have M-T. a younger memory than me, so or maybe it's like it's a test. It's something. It's like the Minnesota. personality that sounds familiar. It was ridiculous. It was just like, and I'm I'm glad the church does it, but I'm glad I'm. Done with it as well. <laughs> well okay,
2: and, yeah, the, the, there's something interesting about the diaconate that, um, I don't know if it reigns true to the priesthood. It could, um, I could see how it could, but, uh, if you think about it, the deaconate is, um, uh, the servant of Christ for, um, for the people that aren't necessarily in the parish walls um, that where you're going out and you're being that servant of Christ to those on the fringes. And um, it struck me one time I was in um, the prison doing pr- prison ministry and someone introduced me and they said, Oh, he's a deacon candidate for the diocese. And uh, this is something that um, maybe when you guys are out of uh, prison mm. that you might even think of. Wow. And it hit me. It's like, wow. Yeah. There's no reason why. I mean, it, obviously it depends on their character, their oh, person, sure, yeah. and, and, yeah. uh, and they would have to discern that call. But yeah, why couldn't a convicted, uh, person be, uh, in the diaconate and serving those, uh, as Christ, the servant.
1: Mm-hmm, so, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Is that what kind of drew you to consider the diaconate?
2: Like the, to be of service to people outside of the walls of the church? Um, I I would say maybe, um, in the back of my mind or subconscious, uh, uh, probably that was it. But when, when I did, um, feel the call, Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what I was called to or why I was called. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard God's call and Mm -hmm. I wanted to be obedient and, um, And through discernment with my family, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I, I joined. And then, um, I could tell that, uh, my spiritual director, uh, or actually my, um, one of the, one of the men that helps with the formation, he noticed that I wasn't quite sure why I was called. And so he, he kind of gave me some pointers to go and try to figure out, uh, why I was called. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I was struggling with that quite a bit for about three or four months after he had challenged me. And he said, All right, well, uh, I want you to go figure this out. And within the next 90 days, um, you need to come back with an answer. Mm. Otherwise, why are you here? Hmm. Um, and so I went out on a retreat. And, um, when I, uh, was on that retreat, uh, I actually read this book by, uh, uh, johannes uh, baptiste called um poverty of spirit oh. and and it was through that meditating on that through that retreat um that it came to me it's uh it's to be christ the servant mm. um, which uh, there's great examples in the gospel of what that is and it's that uh, selfless giving of yourself to help bring others closer to Christ Mm -hmm. and, and to potentially be that light of Christ that they don't see because they're on the fringes and they're, um, away from the church. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it was that that's when I could finally answer that question. Why were you called? Yeah. And I, it's something that's
0: unique about, um, being called to the diaconate is that usually guys, involve in their discernment um their family right i mean as a seminarian you don't i mean you have family but you don't have you know a wife or children that you have to yeah you have to bring into the conversation right because talking with kim about it i'm sure you know there's expectations for her too like hey (laughs) probably not going to be around as much right you you take on these other what was what was what is that like I yeah. guess, kind of
2: figuring that out. You know, what's funny is uh, uh, I, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I'll say it anyway. Power um, of editing, we yeah, can take it out. There's if, uh, uh, she can preview it. <laughs> no, no, not not for her, from her from the dice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I seem to remember somewhere in the application process that uh, that there was uh, maybe uh, where they said, "Do you have an extra thirty hours a month to spend Eight. on formation?" And I started uh, as part of uh, the application process, I started writing down all the ministries that I worked in, in the parish and outside of the parish. Mm-hmm. And I totaled up the hours and, and in some cases it was, I, I was probably putting in almost a hundred hours a month, uh, in different ministries. Wow. And I was like, oh, 30 hours, no big deal. That's, that's nothing. <laughs> and, and I chuckled about that and, and now I do, but then I would, uh, I mean, that wasn't, that didn't seem like that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, Kim and I, we talked about it. Uh, I told her how I felt God was calling me. Um, she prayed about it and she felt that, uh, the call was there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the hard part I would say was sitting down with the children and talking yeah. to them. Yeah. Uh, cause at the time, I think Lily might have been seven or eight, roughly. Yeah, about seven, I think. Uh, Sophie would have been nine or Mm 10 and uh, talking with them and trying to explain in a way that that's meaningful to them. What entering the diaconate, entering the formation would be like Uh, because by the time calculating it out, by the time I would be ordained uh, they would be uh, Sophie would be almost a senior in high school and Lily would be in high school Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: um, uh, they wouldn't have known much about me before because I mean that's just the way kids' minds work. So I didn't sorry. want them to resent that I was mm-hmm. in formation. That formation was taking their father away, mm-hmm. yeah. and and so that's the way I tried to explain it to them. That this is not something over you. Um, it's not something that should be taking me away from you. And if you ever feel that, mm-hmm. let me know. Let me know. Yeah. Mm. And. Uh, and I've, I've reminded them occasionally because, um, just like me, they forget and, uh, they they just need to be reminded. And, um, yeah. Anytime I told them, anytime they felt like the diaconate was pulling their father away, um, I would step away. Uh, to this date, they've never told me that.
1: When you start following the Lord's will and people notice that they, they see kind of that joy and, uh, that also kind of trickles down. I don't know if that's been your yeah. experience with your family as well, Peter, but it's certainly been a, been a huge blessing for me. Like my mom shared something uh, the other day t- with me and I was like, it was about a, um it was about a family member who hadn't gone to confession for a long time. And uh he, he had gone and uh said that he was like, man, what was I missing for all right. these years? And it was just like, wow. You know, like, and I, I like, it's not me, it's God working, but there, there's, I don't know. There's, there's yeah. like this mysterious.
2: No, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's a little more challenging. I think for me, perhaps, yeah. I, I don't know. Cause I'm not in your no, shoes, hey. but it's harder for me to be around my, um, brothers and sisters because, uh, between work, my, um, family that I have to care for, um, formation, I don't have a lot of time to be around my brothers and sisters and my mother. In fact, uh, it's kind of sad that I would uh, joke with um, one of my brothers, Terry, who's in formation with me. He's out at St. William's Catholic church. Hmm. Um, he goes to church with my parents. Oh. I, so I'd ask him, Hey, how are my parents doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and yeah. his
2: wife, Dora would give me a hard time. Peter, you need to go see your parents. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I know, but when, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but I, have been able to see them quite a bit more over the last year. I've made more of an effort. And as a result, I'm seeing some of my brothers and sisters while they're over there, or, uh, perhaps we end up, um, at a, a family get together. Sure. Uh, but I have seen a growth in my brothers and sisters. And it could have been that perhaps they were already growing and they're just now um, the light of Christ. I mean, it's attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and perhaps we're sharing more in it. And, yeah. and maybe I'm seeing more of them growing in that light versus them seeing me and gravitating to it. It could be
1: right. It could Maybe be your both, vision is changing. But yeah, yeah, no, and I I totally yeah. agree with that in yeah. my own experience as well. Um
0: uh, but yeah. that, this, this concept of like balance, I mean, what
2: would you say your first vocation is to your family or to the diaconate? Well, God, first of all. Well, of course, <laughs> but, <laughs> come then, on,
0: that's a, that's a cop out of it. And
2: right then, here. and then, uh, family, my wife, my yeah. spouse, um, yeah. and, and it has to be my spouse because that's a sacrament. That's exactly, right. that's my first vow, right. um, is to her mm. and God together. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, and then this, the children were called were stewards. We the God gave us that gift to yeah. raise and to to bring up in the light of Christ. And, yeah, absolutely. And um, so yes, that is. But the marriage is still over the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. as much as we love our children, um, it can't overshadow the love we're called to in that marriage. Mm-hmm. Sure. I just think this idea of like balance between like. Okay, I've been called to
0: minister to people in some way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true for my life too, right? I'm not in this, this formal formation, um, for a position in the church, but to what extent is this just a job? But to what extent is it a call? And like, where do I need to make, um, boundaries and things like that in my life? So I think that's just, that's an interesting conversation, especially when it comes to serving in a formal
2: role as like part of holy orders Mm -hmm. in the church. Yeah. Um, So I just, in, in, uh, formation, they've always told us, uh, God first, spouse second. Um, well, and then your family fo- call, follows closely <laughs> to your spouse. Uh, job, mm-hmm. diaconate. Wow. So diaconate is last.
1: Well, that. job, but only job in as is it
2: taking care of your family.
1: Takes care of your family, right? Yeah. yeah. So
2: you have to have um, the means to take care of your family, mm-hmm. and if you don't, then um, then you're being neglectful to your yeah. family, and therefore you're not, um, you're not serving the way that God called you to serve.
1: It, I think it's a challenge for, um, a challenge for priests too. I mean, honestly, <laughs> right? Like priests in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, as a priest, eventually. Uh, I mean, even now, my, mo- almost all of my time is spent doing some type of ministry related activity at the parish, um, or preparing for it or something, something that's ancillary to, to, to the church, right. The church, right. Which is the way it should be. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the way that a priest is called to work, mm-hmm. but there is a, um, there's like an importance of just balancing, like, I need to go have friends, you know, (laughs) I need to go hang out with people. I need to go see a movie every once in a while. I need to, you know, and all of those things should, should um, supplement my vocation as a seminarian, as a priest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, I wonder um, for you, Peter, like the diaconate then should really help you be a better husband and father. Right. If the, if the, if the, if the goal is being, a good spouse and then a good father and uh, providing for them. Um, and then all the diaconal ministry, right? The the diaconal ministry should actually uh, help that primary vocation, if you want to call it. Right. I mean, yeah, I definitely.
2: Um, because uh, if you, I mean, uh, one thing I've noticed in formation, uh, and I've said this for really since the first year of formation at any point if I feel called to leave formation or if the diocese discerns me out, um, that I, I would be fine with that because Mm, the growth that I've, um, gained from this, uh, spiritual, um, the growth of my marriage, the growth with the relationship with my children, Mm. uh, with those in the parish, um, that, uh, you can't put a price on that. And, um, it's been beautiful. Mm. And so, um yes, if you're if you're going through formation properly, you're growing in all of your relationships. Yep, yep. And if you're not, then you're not doing what you're called what to you're do. What
1: you're called to do? I remember writing in a self-evaluation at the end of the seminary year one time, um it was my first year in seminary. I wasn't, I still wasn't hundred percent sure that I wanted to be a priest. And, uh, I said, even if I left seminary, I know that I would leave a better man, a better, and I would be a better husband and father because I had spent this year being a seminarian because I, I had been formed so much during that year. Just. And so uh, that it's beautiful. Like, I love the fact that that's the way you're thinking too, you know, like that's, that this is a call. And, uh, if I am called to this, then this is going to be the way that I can most fully love people. Right. Right. And, uh, and that's just, that's all, awesome. you know, like it well, brings you joy to my heart. You just, you know, kind of.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad you said that <laughs> to, to be able to love, uh, those around you because, um, I can, I don't know when that change occurred in my formation where, um, I, I all of a sudden had, an abundance of love. And when I would see someone on the street, um, and you just, I mean, most of the time people just walk past each other. Mm -hmm. You look at them and you can actually share in that love that God has for us all. And, and there was a switch some at some point in formation where that started happening um yeah. and that's that's utter joy mm. um and especially when you're serving in ministry uh because you even have a closer connection mm. um so whether it's in the prison or here at the parish um i mean serving the eucharist uh, uh brought on a totally different uh feeling when I started feeling this mm. um, and it was a beautiful um, gift from God. And uh, every time I recognize it, I I have to remember, thank you, God, uh, yeah. because uh, oftentimes we just start taking these things for granted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, no. and it's, it shouldn't <laughs> be.
1: It's funny. I just went on a street retreat last night with uh, Dominic Savio kids. And I want to get to your experience of that as well. But, uh, we, we walked past, we were walking. It was probably eight of us together. Um, which is a little bit much. Our group, uh, was a little bit shy. So like my extroverted self and the, one of the other teachers was, was doing well. Um, to just make the kids go and say hi. But, um, there was this guy who walked past us and we were consumed by our, our own conversation. We were talking back and forth. Didn't even notice him at first. And one of the kids said something that was really, uh, intuitive. Because like he noticed that no one noticed. And he was like, man, that says a lot about our society that we don't, we don't notice. Like you don't even notice this person who's walking by you. Right. And here's the kicker. Literally as he was saying that, I think it was like a Lambo Lamborghini was coming around the corner and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, dude, look at that car. Look yeah. at that car. And, uh, it was just like, what a contrast, right? Cause we, we, ignored the human being that was walking past us and we were consumed by this this thing it's just, i mean really that yeah it's cool the to, sweet car right? it's a sweet car but it, you know who it's cares car. right um so to really encounter people is a um yeah what is what, what is that
0: street retreat can you guys talk about that tell a little more about that
1: well so basically you go down to downtown austin mm-hmm. I, I think they do it in other cities i'm sure <laughs> And you uh, you just wander around. Well, yeah, it's a little more organized than
2: just wandering around. <laughs> yeah. Setting the high school kids. Yeah, like there's you know, a, so the with the one with yeah. Saint Dominic Savio. That's that's a special deal. It's private. Uh, that mobile loaves and fishes um, will they'll um, they'll actually host for Saint Dominic Savio. Um, they'll get shepherds uh, to make sure that they're able to. Um, uh, uh I'm distracted. I know. It- Mark Mulchen
1: Mark Mulchen everybody. For the second time. <laughs>
0: there you that's, go. How's
3: it going? Mark, about- hey,
2: Mark won't you, uh, why don't you pull up a chair and you can talk about the street retreat with me?
0: You don't have to if you don't want to. But uh, <laughs> we're talking about the diaconate
3: I'll just I'll just listen. I'll right. just add from yeah. All right, right, cool. Mark's
2: gonna the Mark's going to be the
0: peanut gallery, gallery
2: over <laughs> We're here. A special guest. Here, let He's me let is. me take another uh, sip of my beverage here. Of your little reco- Lacroix, the
3: official <laughs> soft drink.
2: Oh, you ruined it! I I told everyone it was beer. <laughs>
1: We're uh I'm drinking LaCroix lime right now. but uh, Peter's got a nice LaCroix coconut. Yeah, oh, I finished that's
3: the favorite of the staff. I yeah. finished
2: my coconut. It's it's the good one. Mark good probably one. has an extra one in his um
0: He's probably got an extra six in his cooler. Oh there you go. just two. Just two. All two right. a day? Is that
2: what you're limiting yourself to? <laughs> two
3: or
1: three. <laughs> it's a tough day, maybe four. Yeah
2: well so to <laughs> yeah to get back to get back to the, street, back retreat. To the street retreat uh, so mobulos i think they do this at least 3 they offer it 3 times um perhaps more uh per year they'll actually put it on um what's the ticket system um like evite or not evite what's the other one uh eventbrite eventbrite they'll throw it on eventbrite and open it up to the public and oh, cool. they used to not charge but i think they do charge a very nominal fee because there's some expense involved by mobiloz and fishes they'll you'll actually meet up i think it's still at saint john newman um they'll uh uh put all your personal things you don't want to take on the street they'll put them in a locked um uh room while you're away uh, cell phones, keys, so forth. You leave your car there, they, they pile you onto a bus, and then they take you out and drop you off in downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. And all you have on you is a copy of your ID, um, whatever you brought uh, from home in a backpack, uh, so a sleeping mat, maybe a change of clothes. Um, they'll they'll give you a couple of bus passes and hmm. set you on your own for the weekend. Um, and And so they do that several times a year. And it's open to the public. Wow. The whole weekend. Okay. Like yeah. a Friday night to Sunday afternoon. Uh, well, so, um, yeah. Is it Friday night? I don't, I don't remember because I went, I went on Holy Week. Oh, wow. Um, uh, three years ago. Nice. Um, oh. and, and it might sound like I was trying to be
1: to level up. Yeah. Dude, you yeah know, love it, love you I wasn't, you I wasn't
2: trying to plus it up there, but, um, <laughs> yeah, Mark only went on the weekend. I went on Holy Week. Uh, but. I, I would say that it was planned, that I was trying to take advantage and, um, but, uh, of the good weather, but seriously, it was uh, work. I, I wasn't yeah. able to get away from work on the other yeah. times. Uh, I think I was in Las Vegas on the first opportunity, <laughs> and the second one was New Year's Eve. Who wants to be out uh, on the streets on New Year's Eve? Um (laughs)
1: Wow. Such solidarity, Peter. I'm just just kidding. I don't I
2: don't remember when when the second one was. But uh and so Holy Week came up and that started on a uh Sunday afternoon, Palm Sunday, and went through Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Uh so it it was uh uh three days out there on the streets and um with just a few men from formation because most of them had already most of them had, a, oh, here, Mark's opening Mark's up cr- his, <laughs> he cracked his uh, God. cerveza, his La Croix Cerveza. La Croix Cerveza. And so <laughs> it, was a, it was a small, intimate group. I want to say there were about uh, 14 to 15 people on my street retreat. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: And so you just like, you spend the weekend, you, you encounter people on the street. You just do whatever you want to do.
2: There's no goal or there's no like... Well objectives. one thing I will say it's that here's here's something that should never be a goal you're not ever going out there to see what it's like to be homeless Yeah, <laughs> yeah because you're you're not homeless first of all right you have a house you're going back to um and yeah if you sleep on the street and eat from dumpsters or whatever yeah you might experience some of that um uh, it, but you're not going to be relating to the people that are homeless, mm-hmm. and and it really is about going and and meeting these people and talking with them and getting their story if they want to tell you their story, yeah, and and really sharing with them in in their life,
3: encountering and, Christ in them. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Alan Graham said something very valuable, like even before it started, he said, "You're not going out to pretend you're homeless. You are going on a retreat." with jesus and you're going to be on the street to do it and you're going to meet people and you're going to find jesus somehow see you know you're going to listen and see where he leads you
2: yeah yeah thanks mark that yeah, yeah. so mark yeah mark knows uh alan graham quite a bit more than me oh really um he was he was on the original truck team
1: oh sweet yeah. Moulton! you were on the original truck team
3: I joined the original truck team a couple months after they started. So I read an article on the Catholic spirit and I said, oh, I want to do that.
0: So so the point of this is just to kind of experience Christ on the street in some way. Yeah. Whether it's in a person or in an experience, just to kind of get out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what – so for the Savio kids, they only do one (laughs) night. And it's – you you wander about the city for that one night. And then we slept in – at St. Austin's. Uh, in downtown, in the gym, uh-huh. just yeah. on the floor. And then we got up and went to, um, gosh, Feed My People, I think it's called. It's with uh, First United Methodists. Oh, yeah. There.
2: They have good biscuits and gravy there. It was
1: impressive. They're,
2: they're, <laughs> they have the best biscuits and gravy in Austin. Really? I'm oh, not yeah. joking.
1: And yeah, so, but I, they, they really did a good job of like saying, hey, we're happy you're here. Here's a little bit of the gospel. Here's uh, there's an AA meeting this morning. If anyone wants to go at six thirty, it was it was a, a beautiful cool. experience. And you know, there were I was super. It was super cool to see um the Savio kids that weren't even on the retreat. There were probably six or seven of them who rate every Thursday. They go down there and just hang out during this breakfast, and you know they help out a little bit, but really they're just encountering people. That's really oh, on a cool. regular basis. Good for them. I think it's just important to go encounter Christ mm-hmm. in the, in the people. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: that's but, part of being church though. I mean, it to, really to is. Go in. Cause yeah. if you're, if you're just staying in the par- parish walls, Mm-mm. um, then you're, uh, I mean, not everyone can go out and do it. I mean, you have physical limitations or yeah. other means that, uh, may limit you, but, uh, you really do need to go outside. Mm -hmm. of the parish walls Mm -hmm. and, and go out and and meet people and help people minister to people, uh, whether it's, I mean, and that can, that can even be in, um, I mean, if you want to just make it as simple as possible, the humane society. Yeah. Yeah, Right. I mean, uh, there, there are people that love animals and you're bringing that light of Christ into that, um, into that group.
3: Exactly. I got a, I got a short, uh, Story about yeah, get in it was, there. was an get RC- in our r c i a and um, one of our team members said, I, "I was we were talking about being involved in charities, yeah, you know." And she said, "Well, I work at uh, volunteer at uh, Adopt a Pet or Austin Pets Alive." Yeah, it was a spay neuter clinic, and I, oh. you know, kind of thought to myself, "Well, there, she's not serving people there. She's it's it's pets, you know." I kind of looked down on her, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Then I actually went there because my, I, I adopted a cat from this RCIA member, uh, a three-legged cat, by the way, named Joan of Arc. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and, uh, that uh, so like I got that. there, when I got to this spay neuter clinic, I saw all the people there and how much their pets meant to them. It was just, there was just so much love there, and these pets are companions. And I felt really bad for looking down upon anyone for volunteering it up, you know, like a pet shelter, but it's very valuable. I think so. I apologize. I, anytime. I think anytime that you, you're, for, you're forgiven. Mark. Thank you for your vulnerability. Not that Mark.
2: I can that's... forgive any of your,
0: <laughs> but I think, I think anytime we spend time going outside of ourselves, that's a good thing. Yeah. Anytime you are not, anytime you're focused on someone or something else, some initiative, something besides yourself, you're. You're working to reduce your own pride and your own selfishness, and I think that's a good thing.
1: I definitely agree with you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I I actually really do struggle with what Mark is talking about because I see so many people who are in so much desperate need of love, and I don't get me wrong. Like I think I think what you're like the companionship of animals. I I love animals, right? Like I grew up raising animals, and I had dogs, and I cried when we had to put my dog to sleep when I was in seventh grade. I struggle, I do struggle with like how, you know, cause like maybe in the United States it's really good for us to to be able to do that. But like you talk with my friends, like I have a friend from Uganda who's a seminarian I and mean, come on, like there's people literally dying in the street sure. and you know, it's well, different. Yeah, it's different. You're right. I, but I'm sorry,
2: here, Martin. No, no. I actually, that's interesting. I don't, here's what I would bring to that is that, Um. Yes, but our local community has people that love animals, and they want to. They want to serve at humane society or whatever. Yeah, and and we're still called to bring the light of Christ to them, especially if they aren't coming into the church. Yes, and and that's something that. uh, we don't want to lose sight of and, and being church is, uh, yeah, the deacon might not be able to go there and be <laughs> the chaplain for the Humane Society, but, um, <laughs> someone else could potentially go and, and, Mark's like, I uh,
1: know what we I'm doing. Found Mark's, Mark's, location. Location.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Mark's going to be the chaplain for, for the, uh, Humane the Humane Society of Austin. Um, but, but those are, those are, that's important because it, you do have to look a, as a parish. I mean, it's unique how, uh, I mean, we have a parish boundary within mm-hmm. uh, every, every uh, parish has a boundary within the diocese of Austin and we should be serving in those yeah. and, and helping that local community. Yes, we do need to look out abroad and help those in uh, other countries. And we, we do have um, that obligation sure. as, as a church. Um, and so I, well, and, I mean, we should well, never lose sight of that, but, but, uh, it, it's kind of like as a deacon um, uh, if my domestic church is broken, mm-hmm. then how can I serve in the church? what else do you want to share about that street retreat like what else was was impactful for you? Um, I mean, I wrote about quite a few of them because we had to do reflections mm-hmm. um, afterwards and and I even forgot about one of the the more um, the more uh, uh, surprising things was it was the first few hours of the retreat. Um, by the way, if you've never been to the sunken gardens at, um, at Zilker park Mm -hmm. on a Sunday afternoon, I think they do this every Sunday. They have the, this, um, Jam session of these people that, like when I got off the bus and and saw these this group of people, it. it I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not familiar with Hate Ashbury in the '60s, but I, I assume it was similar to this. And <laughs> they were they were just jamming. That's awesome. Um, and uh, there was not a whole lot of words spoken between the people that are jamming. It was yeah. a very unique experience. Cool. But Shortly after that, we were walking down the street. Uh, I think it might have been on North Lamar. And and one of the guys I was talking with, I was trying to get to know him a little bit. Uh, He's from Formation. We hadn't been in Formation that long Mm -hmm. at this point. And and just this uh, young woman walking past us, he uh, just out of the blue said, Hey, how's it going? And she stopped dead in her tracks, turned right over, and started just spilling her guts about how she had to – Uh, She's doing great, but she had to walk eight miles to her apartment because she didn't have any money for the bus. Mm. And here we are on uh, this – we're near this big giant bus stop on North Lamar. And um, even with joy, it, I mean, it, yeah, she was going to have to walk eight miles, but she was still joyful Yeah, um, in in this event. And she's like, by any chance, do you have a dollar so I can ride the bus or whatever it was? I, sure. And as uh, my brother, David, uh, was brother in formations, um, he – he said, Oh, we don't have any money. And I just remembered, Hey, we just got two bus passes. <laughs> I pulled one out of my pocket and gave it to her. Yeah. And I was told by Alan, be careful about uh, showing these bus passes because people will see you and they'll come up and start asking you yeah. for them. But uh, I gave her this bus pass and she was just overjoyed. Wow. Um, couldn't wow. thank us enough. Wow. And it was really uh, beneficial because, uh, uh, she, uh, she started telling us about how the bus system works. Well, none of us ever ride the bus oh, in right, the city of right, Austin. Right. So we uh, we got the total lowdown on, oh, it, this side of the street, all the buses go south. The other uh, side, they all go north. And if you want to go east and west, you have to go over to these areas. Um, so it was a wealth of information uh, so just from one simple wow. interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like sharing joy. And you just don't know where that's going to lead. That's cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah. That's cool.
2: Yep. yeah it's Definitely. Yeah. And. Throughout the, the retreat week, uh, week, um, or three days that we were out there, uh, we encountered quite a few people that were homeless on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I would like to say is that, uh, most of the people there, uh, they do, uh, they do like sharing their story. Mm-hmm. So if you stop and talk to them and you're intentional about, Hey, how's it going? Uh, anything I can do? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't have to go out and just give them money. Give them you right. yourself, right. Yeah. uh, talk to them, um, and try to get to know them. Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself if you want. Um, see what they, uh, why are they out there if they want to share? Um, I mean, you're not, you're not a detective. You're not there yeah. trying to figure out <laughs> right. the whole exactly. story, exactly. but just sharing yeah. in that little bit, um, goes a long way. Uh, and, and almost everyone I encountered, um, at the end of the conversation, I would ask him, Hey, uh, would you like to pray? Or is there something I can pray mm-hmm. uh, for you for? And mm-hmm. and we would we would pray. I would say 90% of the time, Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, whether they were Catholic or not, it yeah. didn't matter. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a great experience. It's interesting. There's <clears> the <throat>
1: desire to share. It's like, because Father James said in a homily once, The greatest desire of the human heart is to be known. Yeah. To be loved, right? And so... I think you just see that you you see it with people when you actually sit and and you say hey how's it going and it's not uh I, I try and do this and I'm not good at it yet I try not to ever say hey things going all right because then it's a, a yes or no question I always try and ask the question hey how are things going so the, like then it's an open like you know you're not trying to box someone mm-hmm. in. I feel like with that yes or no question even though it's not intended like this it often sounds like you're it's just kind of flippant. It's you like know?
0: they should be going okay. Yeah, exactly. Not. You're just no, Right. No. I mean, so. Yeah. What, what I'm hearing, this street retreat sounds really cool because it sounds like it's a, like a, um, a vignette of what your ministry is going to look like anyway. Just being with people, walking with people, serving them, of course, and like, you know, administering certain sacraments and things like that. But, um, but so much of it is just encountering other people and saying, how's it going today? What's your story? Right. Can we pray together? Right. Like being present. To yeah. Being yeah. present. To like the, the deacon is called to serve and to be the yeah. servant of, of the priest and the bishop, of course, but the people too. Yeah. And, um, I think that's really cool. And then if anyone's out there thinking about
2: the diaconate, what should they do? Yeah. Uh, well, th- that's interesting. You ask because in the fall, mm-hmm. um, the Diocese of Austin is putting together inquiry sessions for men that feel called to the diaconate and, uh, I don't have the dates for those, um, but I think they sent out to all the parishes, uh, the Diocese of Austin sent out to all the parishes some information about um, men that are interested. They can go to these inquiry sessions. But also, uh, if they're not sure, mm-hmm. um, they have a uh, what's called Project Stephen. Mm-hmm. And Project Stephen is um, hosted by the Diocese of Austin. Uh, they can go to the Pastoral Center or call the Pastoral Center um, and ask for more information about it. And, um, uh, if they, that will be a good entrance into helping them discern if they should discern the diaconate. Um, it's, it's a great, uh, they do something similar for the seminarians. Yeah.
1: Project Andrew.
2: Yeah. So, um, so it's a, it's a great way to know where you might be called and not every man is called to the diaconate. Oh, of course. Like not every man is called to the priesthood. Exactly. And, uh, it's just a good way to go um see where you might be called and yeah. f- try to follow God's will that's all we can do total totally. Exactly.
0: anyway thank you guys both for being here
2: deacon candidates uh, mark and peter
0: you guys rock we really appreciate you yeah. this has been the being church podcast uh, thanks for listening we're okay. praying for you
1: yeah we're please. praying for you please like us on facebook uh check us out on uh we are on fireside.fm okay. now uh, so we're on that. So
0: are the homilies. We got the domain name homilies dot
1: fireside dot FM homilies, just the word homilies. So like, it's awesome. It's also, great. That's cool. I want to buy the word Catholic, Catholic, um, Catholic. dot fireside dot and sell it and sell
0: it for personal. For so game. much
1: money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can't do that. Cause fireside owns that. Cause it's a subdomain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway <laughs> anyway, Please right, uh, g- uh, like us on iTunes Give us a review All that good stuff that helps us out Share the podcast um, And uh, go be church